Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, April 21st, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30 under 30, a.k.a. The engaged one, aka the second best baby blues in San Francisco, Tim Gettys. Let's have host Greg. I gotta How are you keep doing? me guessing. I can't you let do. you get. I can't. You know, mm-hmm. it's, we can't mm-hmm. be polished. That's not no. what we are. That's not what the chat wants. That's not what uh, Dr. Not Dark Knight, but with a nine wants. That's not the kind of content they want when they tune in for kind of funny games. They don't mm-hmm. want to see you anticipating the two. They don't want that. They don't want. It. No, 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 no. I get that, Greg. I get that. Tim, how are you? I'm really good. I got my Starbucks. Yeah. Got a new bomber jacket. Dude, That's I didn't good. want to say we had a business call earlier, doing some mm-hmm. big big boy business over there or whatever. And I noticed that you were wearing the, the bomber jacket and it looked really good. And so it was that I didn't want to call it out that you were wearing, I thought, a new jacket or that you were dressed because you always dress nice, except for Thank that you. one tie-dye shirt you wear. Yeah, mm-hmm. you always dress nice. And so but this was like especially nice. So I wasn't sure if it was for the call or if it was a new jacket, but now it's a new jacket. I like it's it. new. It's burnt orange. Burnt orange. It's not just a. Yeah, it's not brown. just a brown. It's, brown. it's a, a light brown. Fun fact: uh, brown is just dark orange. Because here's the thing: I want to. Well, like I see what you're doing there, and I'm not at Burnt all attacking you. Orange. I'm not at all attacking you. All right, but here's what I'm gonna tell you: every Hook'em Horns fan out there, all right, you're gonna have Matthew McConaughey coming in and telling you pretty quick that ain't a burn orange. All right, that mm-hmm. ain't burn orange. The burn orange. You. University of Texas. That ain't. That ain't it. That ain't it. Nordstrom wouldn't lie to me. I just think Nordstrom doesn't know. That's another one of them? these elitist, elitist coastals or elitist northern. <laughs> they don't know, all right? They don't know what it's like to hook them horns down there in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, OMG Alexa. Tide. is a great one. <laughs> oh, that's an old reference. OMG Alexa is Burnt Meg, and I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. Remember Burnt Meg? <laughs> yeah, you burned Never him forget. really good. He stopped talking to us. <laughs> what a fucking funny name. No, he talks to us still. He doesn't produce us anymore, but oh, that's I was usual. Joking. Well, remember that last time I called, I started laughing at his name for no reason in the middle of nothing. I I, I hit him up and I was like, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey, it's still cool." I'm like, "I just making sure." You it's still I mean? cool. Uh, the it, uh, of course supporting me in my opinion. Uh, the Zach Lack here says, as an Austinite, that jacket is not burnt orange. I agree. You know you, you argue. Over. You are okay. Good. Okay. So now mm-hmm. Kevin drafted Nordstrom's tweet. Yes. <laughs> Dear Nordstrom's. At Nordstrom, you gotta tag them when they won't see it. You know what I mean? Mm, I was gonna subtweet. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Halo's battle royale being revealed, kind of. Bobby Kodak allegedly still sucking, and The Rock making an It Takes Two movie. We're gonna talk about all this and more because this is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com. No, wait, hold on. I gotta stop everything because mm-hmm. uh, I Please want do. more people in here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hold on, hello, universe. Oh, yeah, I should tag. I want people. more people hey. in here. Universe. Uh, Greg, yeah. I feel like you're trying to mess with me with the stories because there's I I only see there's no five. It's a baker's dozen, Kevin. And yeah, what do you want me to do, Kevin? I can't help you on that one. You know what I mean? Did, hold on. Cut story number. Yeah, five. wait. Why are there so few people here? There's no, no, that's not sixty-nine. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Well, that's weird. That seems weird. That's low. Uh, yeah. You what think the they're fuck? all the thing, or uh, do you think they all got upset when you, you said that that brown shirt? Was you know, when you start the thing, it doesn't all start up right away. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. No alert. I alerted. <clears throat> you you learn them over there. What is the university? Of Te- this is way more complicated than I wanted because I wanted to tweet at the, the University of Texas and get more people in here to, or, to talk about this burn orange thing and then go after Nordstrom's. But it turns out there's a University of Texas at Austin, and that's I not the normal logo. You know, Tim, 
Austin. I do. I was never a Nordstrom guy, if I'm being honest. I like checking out shoes there. You know, this has derailed me. Now I don't even want to do it. Now that it's not easy to find them on Twitter, I'm not going to do it. Guys. This is kind of funny games daily each and every week down a variety of platforms. We run YouTube nerdy video game news new about it. If you like that, be part of the show over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. On patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. Of course, you could also get benefits like watching us record PS I Love You XOXO live this afternoon, a full 12 or more. Yeah, more, right? I'm bad at math, but if I'm doing it real quick here, the 14 hours. 14-ish? No, no, that's not right. 16 hours before anybody else. You can see me, Janet, blessing, arguing about Naughty Dog and Uncharted. Uh, if you want that, like I said, patreon.com slash games. But if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. Of course, you could watch us record the show live for free on twitch.tv slash games. If you're watching live on twitch.tv slash games, like Dark Knight, what a 69, but the 9 was the A or whatever, uh, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Now, I look at Tim's camera and i feel like it's even more washed out now i feel like yeah. he's even then now it's yeah. i have i Tim, you gotta change your, your lights too blue is you know she at home is she at work what is she doing go warmer on the she's camera. not here on your light your face light i, I change it all the time kevin and it just changes back it just it, like the the for some reason the focus changes my shit and i don't know why i i've made what a fatal error everybody no, i went to nordstrom.com and i looked it up and it, it's just a brown jacket <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) Should we start over? I feel like we should start over. No, no, no. I said there was going to be an energy to this show and you were strapped in for it. I was literally calling Cool Greg to have him come in and take a picture of you because I needed it with a more natural. (laughs) Oh my God. We have fun here talking about video games. Okay, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you tell us what we screw up as we screwed up. Uh, if you have no bucks tossed away, uh, you can force me to the show. I think I already said it. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygamesrewstreet.com. Podcast services around the globe. If you need to get another free way to support us, ladies and gentlemen, why, if you're using the Epic Game Store, use the creator code kindoffunny. Of course, then every time you buy something on the Epic Game Store, we would get a few bucks. And if you're like, I don't play them PC games, Greg. I ain't no dork. I understand, and I'm with you. But if you play Fortnite on your PlayStation Switch or anywhere else or anything else, that uses the epic game store you could use the kind of funny creator code on your platform of choice as well housekeeping for you don't forget blessing and janet are hosting the skybound games pax east showcase today that is 10 a.m on the pax twitch channel that's right now twitch.tv slash pax east they will be debuting new footage of WrestleQuest, escape academy and more there will also be a new walking dead documentary celebrating the game's first season featuring greg miller and Gary Witta. I will also find out if Blessing knows what a DDT is. I want you to know my heart sank when I read that. Sank. Yeah. This man has played these wrestling games with me and hung out with me and doesn't know what a DDT is. I can't wait we'll to, to find out. This up. That's where all the viewers are. That makes sense. Totally. And then it's not about the viewers, all right? They were mad about the brown jag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want more of me and Tim yelling at each other, of course, and Blessing and Andy Cortez, you go to youtube.com slash games or Rooster Teeth or podcast services right now. I'm going to brand spanking new Kind of Funny Games cast. Uh, I have my preview of Evil Dead the Game up. I went to LA and played it with Bruce Campbell. I talked about that for 30 minutes. And then there's a plethora of us talking about uh, indie games. Uh, mm-hmm. I talk about Anno. You talk about the one that's the Star Fox ripoff, EX. Yes. X Zodiac. X Zodiac. There you go. Really cool. New episode of the Games Cast up right now for you to go check out. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Prankskin Anonymous. Today we're brought to you by Credit Karma, but we'll talk about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. There are six items on the Roper Report. All right, number one, let's get to some real news. Bob's already has the break out of the Just a Brown Jacket. I am going to fucking watch that three million times today. Where did I get burnt orange? Like, what even is that? It was the I fact might... that you were committed to it. You knew it was burnt orange. You're holding it up to the camera. And I'm sitting here like, I guess I can see the orange in it. It must be the lighting. It must be the green lights and the, the washed out light. I need somebody to make a super cut of all of it to then the reveal. Because that's... Yeah, Roger? Roger, if you're watching, I make a TikTok of that, Roger. All right? TikTok. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Now we're going to test Roger, too. 
We're just going to mm-hmm. send Roger a Slack that says tick and then talk. That's two lines. <laughs> and we'll see We'll see if he gets it. Is he a real fan? Is he watching the content? You know what I mean? What's he doing out there? Nobody knows. Oh, God. Number one on the rope for I told you there's mm-hmm. an energy, all right? It's because yeah. I can feel it crackling under my skin. It's one of those where the electricity is like... And it's one of those anything hey, to, can happen that, kind of you days. Need to get that what? checked out. Your cholesterol might be way too. High. No, no, no. I mean, my heart might be going because of some other reason. But anything can happen today. Do you know that? He thought his jacket was burnt orange. <laughs> <laughs> it was brown. He forgot what color it was. Ross is here and asking, "What's happening?" <laughs> There must be a gas leak at all our houses, Roger. (laughs) Halo's battle royale has been revealed. Kinda. We're going to go to Alex Wakeford over at Halo Waypoint, who has a giant post detailing all the new modes that are coming to Season 2 of Halo Infinite. And I'll begin at the top. And Kevin, I gave you a trailer you can run on loop if you like. Lone Wolves Season 2 of Halo Infinite is less than two short weeks away. (laughs) Launching May 3rd, we've got a lot of exciting new content coming in the game. Last week, we took a closer look at Season 2. I gotta shut Discord. I can't look at Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have to take off the jacket? (laughs) It's gone. I can't see you. I have no confidence monitor. I don't need it. Can Can you turn your lights less blue? It's so. I did, Kevin. Oh. I got thirty-two hundred. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's try this. Come it's... on, come on. We got energy. We got some crackling energy. Let's crackle no so brand this cool, thing. Cool though. Halo's Battle Royale has been revealed, kind of, by Alex Wakeford mm-hmm. over at Halo Waypoint. Lone Wolves Season 2 of Halo Infinite is less than two short weeks away. Launching May 3rd, we've got a lot of exciting new content coming to the game. Last week, we took a closer look at Season 2's new maps, Catalyst and Break. I'm going to get through this. And today, we're exploring three new modes and additional variants, which feature a mix of returning favorites and something new to Halo. Now, the article, again, is very long. You should go check it out. There's a great Q&A we'll get to in a second. Uh, but... They go on to talk about, of course, King of the Hill. Uh, Tim, what's King of the Hill? King of the Hill is, you know, where there's different locations on the map and you have to kind of hold them down for more time than in any other team. Iconic, classic. classic Halo yeah. game type. Land Grab. Are you familiar with this one? No, but I imagine that's a, a variation of the theme of King of the Hill. Landgram is control the zone, Spartans. At the start of the match, there are three neutral zones around the map. When a player captures a zone, it is locked and gives their team one point. When all oh, zones okay. are captured, yeah, okay, you're, you're caught up. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, name. the brand new one, Last Spartan Standing. I will read directly from Alex's post here. The objective, survive. Last Spartan Standing is based around the Lone Wolves theme of Season 2. In this free-for-all experience, 12 players spawn on big team battle maps with a confined loadout and five respawns. Once a player runs out of respawns and can no longer participate, they can either spectate or leave the match without penalty. If a player gets gets a kill in the match, they can upgrade to a different weapon, something players of Escalation Slayer will no doubt be familiar with. The match ends when there is just one Spartan left standing. Uh, As I said, over on Halo Waypoint, big old interview up there, and it's with Zach Boyce, uh, the multiplayer modes and system designer. Lots of great information if you're a Halo fan, whole bunch of stuff, and then a whole really detailed example, uh, uh, not example, detailed rundown of how they came up with Last Spartan Standing. And I think as you, I mean, again, I'm calling it the it's their battle royale, and I'm sure Tim, who's been saying Halo needs a battle royale from the very beginning, will have a lot to say about it. We'll get into that, but it is an actually very interesting thing where they talk about, or Zach talks about in great detail with great bullet points, like where they started, what they iterated to, where they went next with it, and how they eventually got to last Spartan standing. But I have three bullet points I want to talk about before we open up for discussion here. Players now receive a level up prompt when they reach a new level threshold. Now they can choose when to take their new... when to take their yeah take their new loadout rather than having it happen to them uh modified attrition's ai bubbles to dispense bonus xp when a player gets eliminated they drop their ai bubble in the world in last spartan standing enemy players can interact with these and collect 300 personal score or three times what a kill is worth 
And then Last Spartan Standing will, will be immediately available as the first seasonal event. It will be available throughout the season after the event concludes. But while the seasonal event is running, all eyes will be on Breaker. Um, again, if you're not watching the clips going or that Kevin's been going through and rolling here, uh, they do show uh, at when they get to Last Spartan Standing. It does, of course, have the red ring that comes in to get everybody together to have you all fight. Uh, I call out, you know, this... Uh, Players can now level up and then choose when to take their new loadout rather than having it happen. That is something that Zach talks about in his uh, interview. The fact that, you know, before it would you do the thing, you hit the threshold, you get the new loadout. But what happens when you give somebody a, a sniper rifle, but they're in the middle of a close quarters combat I, I thing? So there's a bunch of things they've learned and tested and tried. Tim, <clears throat> since the, the announcement, I shouldn't say the announcement, but maybe even before we knew about Halo Infinite, you've been talking and very bullish that Halo needs a battle royale. Does this scratch the itch for you? No, it doesn't. And and my thing is, like, does Halo need a Battle Royale? I think it's a very different conversation than I really want Halo to have a Battle Royale, and I think it would be a lot of fun, and I think it would be very successful. Because that is definitely the case. I think that there's the, – the fun of Halo to me has always been the variety of gameplay options when it comes to the, the amount of weapons and how fun they are, the different sized maps from Arena all the way up to the big team battle stuff, the different gameplay modes all being fun in a different way, whether it's Capture the Flag or a thing like Slayer. But then add the vehicles to it right add the yep. land vehicles add the banshees so there's all the the sky stuff going on like it is fun in so many different ways and there's such a good balance and system between the kind of rock paper scissors of well cool if you're in the air obviously you have an advantage but you're also kind of a target up there if someone gets a power weapon you're going to be kind of screwed like there's just a, a good good balance of all that to me you can add that to a, a battle royale and it would make so much sense especially for because sure. halo has had big maps for a long time not quite big enough to do a drop 100 people onto this and see what happens so with them kind of doing their version here where it is 12 players spawn and it, it is a bit more of like the final moments mm -hmm. of a battle royale that they're kind of going after i think that there's there is something there it's not something that really entices me this seems more for the the hardcore this seems like for the the really really skilled players uh to get in there where i just kind of want to pop in and see if i can make it to the final 20 you know what i mean like running around <laughs> and just having fun but like this does seem like a, a worthwhile gameplay mode for people that are starving for content right now when it comes to halo and it matching up with the lone wolf theme of season two like a lot of this makes sense i do wish that it wasn't happening because i think that this and especially with the branding of last spartan standing which i think is really good uh should be used for what we want it to be and expect it to be as opposed to just being a different gameplay mode uh but they can always just call it whatever the hell they want it could just be halo battle royale when it finally does happen uh which i do believe at some point it will happen um, if Halo continues to be successful in any way, shape, or form for the next couple of years, I do think that it's inevitable um, that they'll want to do that. But this sounds cool. I, I would be interested if Snowbike Mike was around to pop in and uh, and uh, give his thoughts real quick. Because here's uh, what we're gonna do. Right? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go Snowbike Mike. If you're out there watching, come join us. Now I'm gonna go on Slack and I'm gonna say TikTok and <laughs> do different things. All right, there we go. It's done. We'll see mm -hmm. if that summons. We'll see if that summons. Mm -hmm. I've started a poll in the chat. Will you be playing? Will you play Last Spartan Standing? Well, right now the yeses have it with 80% of the vote. We'll see if that goes on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. So here's my question, I guess. Do you think that this would either Last Spartan Standing opens the door to, and gets you closer to what you want from a battle royale? Or do you think that this is a stopgap that they're going to be like, well, we kind of have it already, so we don't have to worry about it? I don't know. It's kind of in, I'm kind of in between with that. I, I do think that clearly they're trying to find the secret sauce that would make a Halo battle royale stand out from other battle royales. Like uh -huh. these, the idea here of like the way that the score works and like the the weapon drop stuff you were talking about. Like I think that that is them trying to add that Halo balance to make sure that this is a worthwhile uh, endeavor for them in a fun gameplay mode. Um, but I don't think that this is necessarily. Um, <laughs> a sign either way. I don't think that this is like an experiment towards working on a, a fully featured one. And I also don't think that it's uh this is it. Don't expect uh, another one. Like there's all the talk of certain affinity working on something. Exactly, and, like yeah. all the leaks seem to be pointing towards a proper battle Royale, whether it's a separate game or whatever the hell that is. As a reminder, um, last or you two weeks ago now, April 12th, uh, certain affinity put up a post saying that they are coming over. Uh, we're certain 
No, oh, that's not even the right post. Sorry. Uh, they put up the briefest of posts here. I'm clicking off of a Polygon article to get back to the quote that I had in the original one. Uh, we've, this is certain affinity, we've been part of the Halo franchise for more than 15 years, and we're honored to say we are deepening our relationship with 343 and have been entrusted with further evolving Halo Infinite in some new and exciting ways. Join us on our journey. And then it was a career post kind of thing. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Snowbike Mike, host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, about this last Spartan standing. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Greg and Tim. Yeah, I'm excited about Last Spartan Standing. This isn't the Halo Battle Royale that I want, but I think this is something that will capture me for a short period of time. It's a blend of gun game and kind of that elimination mode with the X amount of lives. I don't think the small circle will really be pushing you that hard as in a Battle Royale type feel, but this <laughs> is the right step for me, at least, as a big Battle Royale fan, to have the two worlds that I love the most blend together my eyes are still on what certain uh certain affinity is working on that project tatanka is where i'm looking going okay is this the actual battle royale mode that we all want what are they making that's more important to me but right now i think when we look at season two these three game modes are definitely something that i need right tim brought it up of like starving for content the two maps not enough but three modes the two maps you're gonna get me at least for a week to two weeks maybe more if i really dig this last spartan standing mode but uh it's a good step in the right direction okay okay what do you and then do you think this stops or i asked him right is this a, a stop gap that then gets you closer or keeps you away from that and i mean how confident are you that uh tatanka is going to be the battle royale I would say I'm very confident. I don't okay. know what they truly are doing, but from everything that we have seen in the news from Jez Corden over at Windows Central and beyond, right? It does feel like this is going to be the Battle Royale mode. And I truly hope that it does. Is this a stopgap where they test it and say, hey, it doesn't go well with the audience. Let's not do this. No, I think you have to do this. It has been proven now that like they want to find a way to get younger audiences the people that are into the Fortnites, the war zones the apex legends they need to find that general audience and get them into it because hopefully as paris lily always says greg it's just an option it's just a game mode this isn't you're changing halo forever so hopefully you bring in a bigger audience and they go man i really like playing battle royale with mike and tim let's go try big team battle let's go try team arena so that's what i'm hoping for but i, I do believe that we will be getting that and i think it is what is needed Mike, you, of course, dialed into the hardcore Xbox audience, your host, the X-Cast. I know you guys have talked at length about Halo Infinite, and, you know, I think Paris Lilly has been very vocal that he's he thinks it's crazy to say, but he says it all the time now that they should have delayed the game to get to where they had Forge mode and co-op for campaign and these multiplayer modes ready to go because there's been so much time between Season 1 and Season 2. My question isn't so much about your opinions of it. My question is more about what is the at-large Xbox opinion of it for the hardcore folks who are listening to the X-Cast and playing Halo and doing these things. Have you have you guys been met with resistance from that of people who are like, no, 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 it's, it's I love it and I, me and my friends play it every night or that you met with a general, yeah, that seems to be right. It's a mixed bag, Greg, because I truly believe the hardcore Xbox audience is still invested in Halo. They still find a good time in that, but I still do get a number of comments that are very similar to how I feel, right, of the lack of content, the lack of maps and game modes off the jump didn't satiate what they needed, and especially having this extended six-month season one and moving to a live service game did not do well for them. And I think you could toss a coin and find one fan that says, oh, I play it every night, but I think right now, Greg, in my opinion, from the comments that I read and all the Reddit posts, it seems like more people are on the side of, hey, there wasn't enough and I'm not happy. I only got to play for X amount of time. And then I was like, you know what? I can't keep doing the same thing. I need more. So I think on the opposite side, there is more people saying I need more on this. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mike. Of course, everybody catch the X-Cast recording tomorrow, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames in the mm -hmm. afternoon. Uh, if you missed that there, of course, it'll be for free, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, podcast services around the globe, Saturday morning. Thank you for having me. Goodbye. It was a pleasure. TikTok. TikTok. Tim, mm -hmm. anything else? You're good? On the Halo no, I'm stuff? good. I'm excited. I want a Halo Battle Royale. That would be a lot of fun. You're getting closer to it, and it seems like, I mean, yeah, people are, you know, jazzed about whatever certain affinity is doing, but I think there's jazz to see content for this game, so. 
we will all be jazzed and continue following it on Kind of Funny Games Daily. For now, we go to number two. Uh, this is a story from the uh, I'm sorry, Wall Street Journal. Basically, Bobby Kodak allegedly still fucking sucks. Uh, this is an article, like I said, from the Wall Street Journal by Ben Fritz, uh, Keish Hagee, uh, Christian Grind, uh, Kristen Grind, and Emily Glazer. Media Platforms Incorporated, I'm sorry, Meta Platforms Incorporated, Facebook, uh, Chief Operating Officer Cheryl Sandberg is facing internal scrutiny over two occasions in which she pressed a UK tabloid to shelve a potential article about her then-boyfriend Activision Blizzard Incorporated Chief Executive Bobby Kodak, according to people close to the executives. I'm going to read paragraphs from this, ladies and gentlemen. What I need you to know is, of course, I read the top here. Uh, ben, Keach, Kristen, and Emily as four reporters. You can imagine this article is very long. I feel it's required reading. You should go over there. I'm cherry-picking some paragraphs from it, and I'm going to talk for a while. But trust me, there's even more over there and more detail and more context for everything that's going on. <laughs> In 2016 and 2019, uh, Sandberg contacted the digital edition of the Daily Mail, which was reporting on a story that would have revealed the existence of a temporary restraining order against Kodak that had been obtained by a former girlfriend in 2014, according to people involved with the article and the campaigns to stop its publication. Working with a team that included Facebook and Activision employees, as well as paid outside advisors, Sandberg and Kodak developed a strategy, a strategy to persuade the Daily Mail not to report on the restraining order. First, when they began dating in 2016, and again around the time they were breaking up in 2019, the people said. Among other concerns, Sandberg's legal and public relations advisors, both inside and outside Facebook, worried that a story would reflect negatively on her reputation as an advocate for women. <laughs> Facebook recently started a review of Sandberg's actions and whether she violated the company's rules, according to people close to her and to Kodak. Uh, the review started after the Wall Street Journal began reporting on the incidents late last year, those people said. The digital edition of Daily Mail, which is called Mail Online and operates separately from the print publication, never published a story. Its reporting stemmed from 2014 court filings it had obtained that showed that an ex-girlfriend of Kodak had received a temporary restraining order uh, against him after, ale after alleging that he harassed her at her home, according to people familiar with this situation uh, and documents reviewed by the journal. There are conflicting accounts about, San about what Sandberg said and whether she directly invoked Facebook intercommunications with the mail. Kodak has told people that Sandberg threatened the mail in 2016 by saying that such an article, if published, could damage the news organization's business relationship with Facebook, according to people familiar with his comments. The journal reported in November that Kodak knew of misconduct allegations. For, this is obviously me jumping around. I'm leaving that stuff. We're getting more into like the stuff if you forget a little bit about Kodak or if you missed a Games Daily here or there, or I guess for the last three months because you've been in a coma. Uh, the journal reported in November that Kodak knew of misconduct allegations for years and didn't report them to the board of directors. Activision's board said at the time that it has been, quote, informed at all times with respect to the status of regulatory matters. A California judge in late March approved an $18 million settlement between Activision and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and Kodak said he was committed to making the company a model for the industry in eliminating harassment and discrimination from the workplace. The public case filing in Los Angeles County Superior Court related to the March 2014 restraining order, which court officials said would typically include all relevant documents, doesn't currently contain a copy of the sworn declaration made by Kodak's ex-girlfriend. The journal reviewed the transcript of her declaration. In the declaration, she said she informed Kodak their relationship was over because of what she said was his bullying and controlling nature. He then showed up at her Los Angeles homes uninvited. I'm sorry. He then showed up at her Los Angeles home uninvited and tried to get in, prompting her to call the police, according to the declaration. She said the police gave her an emergency protective order. The subsequent temporary restraining order blocked Kodak from coming within 100 yards of her or contacting her, according to court records. It was dissolved on April 17, 2014. Again, lots of information there and so much more information uh, going on uh, at the Wall Street Journal with some great reporting. So you should go check that out in general. But how I don't understand how you can we can keep finding new rock bottoms, how this yeah. story can keep getting worse for how fucking Bobby Kodak is and how Activision is and how Facebook is and how fucking all these people with unchecked power or millions of dollars are as terrible people. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to just keep happening because there's many, many years where it wasn't talked about and it wasn't exposed, and now it's being exposed, and more and more things are just going to continue to be, and people are going to continue to talk about them. And the question is, like, when is Bobby Kotick actually going to see any type of ramifications, if ever? Never. Um, Never. And, and that is that is the sad side of the entire thing. Like, I, I didn't know that they were together at any point. Um, 
so like that that's pretty shocking to me um but looking at all this like it's such a shitty situation and like these are the things that are going on and have been going on forever so just be aware of that you know like that there always is this shit and then it it goes back to if you see something say something like that's the whole point of this movement now of like really kind of like holding each other accountable and trying to make the world a better place make work environments safer for everybody um so yeah i don't know this sucks it really sucks I mean, no you're right it's not I, the I, end of it yeah i was gonna say jumming on like i know you get to that point you're like and then it's like kind of like i how many times can we say this fucking sucks and fuck bobby kodak and like you know what i mean don't be assholes to people and be better to each other and you know i mean like we will continue to say it because it needs to be said otherwise it's just the negative stuff out there but like how much more can we add to this? Not much. You should go read this article uh, and see what the hell is going on over there. But yeah, I never even, I mean, I don't follow anything about Meta or Facebook, I guess. So I didn't even know who Cheryl Sandberg was till today. But great. Awesome. Whatever. Like, well, not whatever. You know exactly what I'm saying. But like, fuck all this. <laughs> this fucking sucks as always. Fuck all this. Don't be, don't be assholes to people. Be better to people. Uh, number three on the Roper Report. The Rock is producing an It Takes Two movie. <laughs> this is uh, Joe Otterson over at Variety. It Takes Two is getting the movie treatment with the project now set up at Amazon for priority development. Variety has learned exclusively. Variety reported in January that the game was being adapted for the screen. As previously reported, G- DJ2 Entertainment will produce the film with Seven Bucks Productions now boarding the project along with Amazon Studios. Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, and Haram Garcia will produce on behalf of Seven Bucks. According to sources, Dwayne could also star in the film, but nothing is official as of now. The film adaptation will follow May and Cody, who, as they go through a divorce, find their minds transported into two dolls that their daughter Rose made to represent them. Now, they must go on a wild and fantastical journey to find a way back to their bodies. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 writers Pat Casey and Josh Miller are adapting the game for the screen and will serve as executive producers. Uh, I cut it out because it starts, then it gets really into the weeds of like who's also in people you've never heard of and writers and blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, Joseph Ferris and Hayes Leiter are also going to be uh, have producer roles on this, and obviously they're involved to some degree. But Tim, what do you think of this one? I mean, I, I've been saying this for a while, but we're in a new era of video game media where we're going to start seeing a lot more higher quality projects coming out. And I think that that means there's also a, a potential for a lot more uh, just in general, whether it's high quality or low quality. But things like Sonic the Hedgehog, they're runaway successes. And uh, as we've seen many times uh, with superhero movies and otherwise, just because there's major successes doesn't mean that everything's going to be a major success and you yeah. can copy the format as much as you want. But uh, it, there really is a, a secret sauce that goes into it all to to be able to connect with the audiences that you need to in order to kind of elevate it to, to being worth it at the end of the day and for it to kind of stand above the the shit that everybody thinks of when they, they think about video game movies. Um, but I do think a key element is getting the creators of the games involved because the biggest thing people have got to get right is translating games to movies and figuring out what is the thing that made the game special and how do we then figure out whatever the new thing is that makes it special in a different format. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. And that's something that I think is a little complicated with It Takes Two in particular, where It Takes Two, we always talk about like, oh yeah, it's a rom-com video game. And it's like, cool, so now we're just going to translate it back to being a rom-com. What makes that special? Like, what is going to be that Mm -hmm. X factor that makes it a good video game movie and not just a shitty rom-com? So we'll have to see. But I do think that getting Joseph Ferris involved could be stepping in the right direction the rock being involved and producing and all that stuff it's just money sonic made a lot of money so everyone's jumping on this shit right now expect to see a ton more video game movie announcements uh coming it wasn't minecraft just announced a couple days ago like yeah mmo is getting attached to it exactly we're about to get a lot more of that um and we always have gotten these announcements of video game movies but i think we're about to get a lot more uh in the style of superhero movies announcements and then actually seeing things come to fruition uh in two or three years through a lot of this especially when it comes to the streaming platforms like with this they're talking about it being an amazon movie right and um there's that that could end up being in theaters but it could also just be on amazon prime or any of the various streaming services um that are really pushing this content as you see with hbo max with last of us with paramount plus with halo um like these things are hot right now these ip these properties like everyone 
wants more and more and more and they're they everyone needs more content when it comes to the big distributors um and the theatrical game has been changing but as sonic just proved there's money to be made there there's sure. a lot of money to be made there um and video games aren't a lost cause so i will be fascinated with the it takes two movie because obviously we're talking about a concept here producers and writers and whatever you can look into it but everybody you every great writer has made a bad movie you know what i mean look at gary Wooda. you know what i mean when we talk about everyone you know, he wrote episode four of The Walking Dead season one, my least favorite one. But you know what I mean? He, not everybody can knock it out of the park every day. Not even Gary Wood of the Rogue One. Um, You're such a bitch. <laughs> uh, I was going to call it an actual movie, but like, I don't know. I, I, he did Book of Eli. Great. He did uh, Rogue One. Fantastic. You know what I mean? Oh, well, After Earth didn't get, I didn't watch it, but people didn't like that one, right? I guess that's one. I could have done that, but I don't know enough about it. I just know that like I, him, he likes to give me shit every so often about that Walking Dead episode, so I give it right back. Um, Back to this thing, though. Uh, I'm interested in this one because like you said, it was a romantic comedy that we played, and that was what made it interesting at the time, this game that was co-op only and all these different things. So I think going to the screen with it actually has a chance of working really well. Because this isn't Sonic, this isn't Uncharted, this isn't Tomb Raider, this isn't an IP and franchise in characters that we've been in love with for two decades. This is Cody and May. Honestly, the story I thought, or the, like who Cody and May were, was like the weakest part of It Takes Two for me. So the fact that they're going to put that in there and like massage that script and make them maybe a bit more uh, likable in terms of characters and parents, I think that can be really fun. Because again, you're getting away from it being a video game. It is these two dolls come to life and then you play through the house and the children's rooms and meet the kid. Like it can be a really, I think that could be a really fun both movie for kids and adults to watch of like, you know, a young adult movie. Like when we grew up, you know, parents come, are getting divorced and you try to get them back together kind of thing. Or it could just be a rom-com, I guess for adults as well. But I think there's a lot of juice there that could actually be a really interesting movie. Yeah. A lot of potential. And again, I, I think that we're going to get a lot of decent to good movies and TV shows out of all this in the next couple of years. We'll see. Uh, Mr. Yasman's talking shit in the channel. Let's see what he says. He says, so if this film sucks, Greg will love it and give it a 4 out of 10. But if it's good, Greg will say it's okay and give it an OK score. Well, Mr. Yasman, I don't understand why you wanted to swing on me yeah. today, but enjoy your time out. So that's there where you is. go. Uh, while Mr. Time. Yasman sits in the corner and thinks about what the fuck he just did and what he just fucking said, I'm going to tell you about Patreon.com slash games. Over on Patreon.com slash games, you can write in to be part of the show. You could be uh, getting your name read as a Patreon producer. You could get the sh post show we do each and every weekday. But most important for right now, of course, you could get the show ad-free. But since you're not on Patreon.com slash games, here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Credit Karma. Are you earning credit card rewards? Credit Karma can help you compare your reward options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle, helping you earn miles or cash back for spending you're gonna do anyway. I've been using Credit Karma for years. It's such an easy way to just keep track of my credit score and make sure that everything is going fantastically with so many great features. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issues so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and it won't affect your credit score. And best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. That is an awesome feature. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. Go to creditkarma.com or the Credit Karma app to find the card for you. That's creditkarma.com. While we were in the ads, we all conferred a bit about Cool Greg. Tim gave me a message from Cool Greg, but Cool Greg also slacked me and said, yo, my phone broke, but I saw you called. I responded, no sweat. Your brother didn't know color, so I wanted you to go take a picture for me, but your brother figured out he was wrong. Cool Greg responds, low for show. Number four on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for ads coming to your PlayStation and Xbox? This is Paul Tassi over at Forbes. Both Sony and Microsoft have seemingly come around to the same idea at the same time. A revisitation of the concept of putting in-game ads into their video games as yet another means of extracting revenue from them. This time, players won't pay in any way other than their eyeballs, but we'll see if that cost is too high regardless. This development comes in the wake of two findings that both companies are pursuing some versions of this concept. Last week, in a report from Business Insider, said that Microsoft is creating, quote, a private marketplace where it can sell in-game ads to free-to-play games on Xbox. Microsoft says the goal is to generate revenue for developments, not Xbox itself, but it would be taking a cut. 
Examples cited including things like billboards inside racing games, which isn't the first time we've seen that happen, and yet it appears to be coming up again in this current metaverse era. The report from Sony sounds close to identical. They've been working on their own program for the last 18 months to put ads inside mostly free-to-play games, again with a private marketplace. Potential ideas past billboards uh, include letting players watch ads to earn in-game skins. Both of these programs sound like they could be implemented or at least trialed by the end of 2022. All of this is in pretty clear, I'm sorry, all of this is in pretty clear pursuit of one thing, the emulation of a stream of revenue in the mobile game space where those free ad or those free games are frequently ad supported, sometimes to their detriment, sometimes to giant piles of money. Given the larger worlds and broader available real estate in console and PC games, these would not be like banners that are plastered over your screen or anything. And yet gamers would have not been terribly receptive to past examples in the space. While yes, Sony and Microsoft are saying that this is mainly for free-to-play games, mainly is doing a lot of work there. And it wasn't so long ago when full-price games with microtransactions was a big no-no. Now, in-game ads won't come to paid games? I mean, again, they're already there, and it just seems like a matter of time before these new kinds of ad markets would expand into a whole lot of potential games. Obviously, for some games, that would be impossible to implement. How are you going to throw a billboard ad into God of War Ragnarok? Other times, maybe the developer would just agree that it was too gross to work. Can't picture Starfield launching with a bunch of hollow billboards for real-life companies, for instance. But yeah, this is coming. All the major players are on board. If players don't want it, they'll have to make it. Uh, they'll have to make that very, very known. Timothy, do you want this? Do I want this? Of course not. Do I understand why they would do this? Of course. And it all just comes down to with great power comes great responsibility. And guess what? As we've proven in the last couple of news stories, a lot of people with great power don't use that responsibility much. So it gets a little concerning, right? And like, especially when this isn't theoretical at this point, like we know the different ways this can be implemented because we've seen it over the last couple decades of video games existing, dating back to Crazy Taxi. I know is always the go-to example for this of Pizza Hut and all that stuff like in the game and it being like, clear 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 product integration um that didn't really get in the way of the game because it was kind of the point and i feel like that was a ironically organic type of uh implementation of it all but then you see other games start to do it in ways that were a little bit more egregious and uh that didn't work and that felt like they were kind of um too big of a juxtaposition to the worlds that they that these ads were trying to live in uh, a lot of first person shooters and things from the 360 era but the bigger concern here is that mobile idea of ads where you know we've all played mobile games and uh we've played good ones we've played bad ones we've played ones that really take advantage of us and we've stopped playing i imagine a lot of us have stopped playing mobile games because of how bad the ad situation could be the flip remember side of that you, is remember that, that when we were doing that with that peggle remember how much you like that peggle, peggle but then those ads could get in your way yeah and but then you find ways around it they're annoying but there's ways around it uh but Sometimes it's like, you know what? Cool. I will just watch this ad. And I like that I have the ability to do that to get whatever dumbass power up I need or whatever it is. The problem is that starts changing how games are made. And then all of a sudden, uh, th three years down the line from this, games are, are being created in a way to incentivize people watching ads more than they are anything else or paying more real money so it's kind of restarting and kickstarting the microtransaction conversation in a much more predatory way than we've seen thus far um especially as we are in an era <laughs> that is finally kind of used to the free-to-play market and there's an understanding of what a free-to-play game is and how it lives alongside a full-priced game at this point um so them adding more and more and more ways to monetize yeah it makes sense why would they do a little it? more context if you don't mind i'm gonna go from mm -hmm. matt wales over at Eurogamer again Matt is reporting on the Business Insider article, but it's behind a paywall. At present, PlayStation's ad inventory is said to be limited to in-menu ads, which can be used by publishers and developers to do things like promote their own games on the PlayStation Store, and ads served via streaming video on certain apps. However, Sony is currently said to be working with its ad tech partners to create new advertising opportunities for free-to-play developers that can be directly served in-game, with the goal being to make them feel like a natural part of the experience, such as Big Vi. That's the only example anybody has, like the fucking shoulder buttons on the DualSense and bow and arrows, such as via digital billboards and sports titles. 
the initiative, which Sony reportedly began considering 18 months ago, and which is look, it's looking to roll out by the end of the year, may also include options for developers to reward players, like we were talking about before. Business Insider reports Sony is currently being strict about vetting ad tech companies for its private marketplace, and is ruling out collecting personal information such as emails and names. But questions still remain as to how it may choose to take a cut of revenue earned through in-game advertising. One source claims the company is considering is considering selling data on consumer activity on PlayStation to developers and publishers. Business Insider did, of course, share a similar story with Microsoft earlier this week, claiming the company was currently considering introducing advertisements to free-to-play Xbox games in a way that doesn't dip, disrupt the gameplay experience. However, while Sony is reportedly already in talks with partners about its new monetization initiative, Business Insider was unclear if Microsoft had started pitching the Xbox offer or if the plans were in the infancy. Either way, Microsoft is said to be moving cautiously in order to avoid potential backlash from players. So the start, right, of this, the PlayStation stuff we were talking about in there, right, of it's set right now it's said to be limited to in-menu ads, which can be used by publishers and developers to do things like promote their own games on the PlayStation Store. That makes it maybe a bit less egregious, you know what I mean, if you were to put it on there and like if it's going to be the same way you look at an IGN.com and there's a side runner ad over here, the same way. And Tim, this is where I start to get a little bit, I lean more on you, right? I feel like the way they're pitching it and what they're talking about to me sounds like the same way Google ads works, get Google ads work, right? Where that, if I'm a site and I sign up for Google ads, I don't know what you're getting served on the advertisement. It's just something that's being pulled from Google's ad inventory and being put up there. And the way Google works, of course, is that it's tracking everything you do. So if you looked at a Casper mattress last night, mm -hmm. it'll be a Casper mattress that'll pop up on the thing. Yeah, I, I imagine it would be a lot of that, but I do imagine it would also be a lot of the things like we see in mobile games where in order to play, you have to watch these. Like it's It would function more like YouTube uh, pre-roll ads as opposed sure. to just the Google AdSense ads. And Google runs manages both of those, but they manage them differently. And the way that the algorithm has been targeting works is different. Um, but like the YouTube thing where it's like, you know, it's a 45-second ad, but you can skip it after five seconds, like that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I imagine we'll get a lot of that uh, in these, these games where it's not just digital billboards and stuff, but it actually is – do you want to do this thing? Cool. Watch this ad or pay money to be able to, to get in. And like, that's just standard in mobile games. And sure. it, it isn't the worst thing in the world, but it easily can be. And that's totally up to how people implement it. And there are more examples of it being done poorly than well in the mobile space. Um, I do think that the console space is different. And I think that even with the way that they're talking about it here, so much of it is probably lip service, but they clearly understand that they, can fuck this up easily and really turn people off and have a Star Wars Battlefront conversation on their hands. Um, and they don't want that. They want to make money from this. So they understand that they kind of need to do this the right way and like kind sure. of sure. Um, Trojan horse it a little bit to be able to get people used to it in the same way they did with DLC and with microtransactions and with everything. Uh, video games are about making money. So they need to find ways that make money. And at the end of the day, pissing off the majority of your gamers is not the right business move. So... I don't think that they're going to come in and like every single game. We're not going to see billboards in God of War Ragnarok. They're just not going to do that. Um, but I do think that over time, that idea might not be as crazy if there aren't checks and balances in place to kind of make it all kind of work out. But something I want to say really quick before we move on from the story is I always find it really funny when people – complain about product placement in movies or tv shows and i've realized that the majority of the time um because they say it as if it's like a criticism of the film and they say it as just like well i noticed this and it was it was ridiculous how over the top it was and it's like you kind of are just saying it to like get credit of like oh look i'm smart and i know how movies are made because <laughs> it's like it doesn't actually affect the the movie itself it doesn't they needed to be at a restaurant they just happened to be at a olive garden or whatever there are examples of it being like really, really on the nose, but more often than not, when it is the case that that's when something is in a movie just for the product placement side of it, it's like that is a parody. It is a joke or it's a bad movie. <laughs> and like that, then the real, there's bigger problems than just, oh yeah, I noticed that there's a Pepsi in the, in the shot. Like, oh, they must've paid for it. It's like, that's just also not even how movies work a lot of the time. So I think with video games, it's like, there's gonna be something when you're playing a sports game, there's gonna be, some logos behind the uh pitcher's mound and that's where you oh. get it. we start getting into that already happens 
When you play mm-hmm. WWE 2K22, right, there's Snicker billboards up there mm-hmm. right now because of it. I think it honestly, the, the, if I was 2K, again, I, I, I would do a lot of things different than the last 2K. I would launch WWE as a platform and have, yeah, those ads cycle out and do all sorts of stuff and get, you know, have people be able to go in there and, and do them. And for me personally, I prefer that to the generic stuff. As somebody who's played wrestling games and Madden, you know, sports games in general, I was always annoyed when it would be soda or generic, whatever the hell it is. That took me out of the experience more than seeing a Coke because, of course, capitalism and how it's all run ramp. You know, this is all working together anyways in the real products you see and the fact that, you know, the the it's the Geico fourth down or whatever the fuck they want to call any of this stuff. You know what I mean? The State Farm Red Zone, the Comcast touchdown t- tree, whatever the hell it's going to be. Like, that stuff already exists. So if it's going to be integrated in those kind of experiences, yeah, that makes sense. However... I mean, that's already happening right there with an EA or a 2K. Like That's where it's, it's interesting to see Microsoft and PlayStation start talking about how they would do this and how they would do work with all this. Because is PlayStation specifically talking about, you know, they, of course, brought on Bungie. They have all these online game experience or uh, uh, games that serve live games they're talking about that they're going to use this technology for coming uh, in the few, few years. You assume they're trying to get it into that because, of course, Epic doesn't need them for this. Fortnite doesn't need this. You know, Genshin Impact doesn't want this from them. They don't want to split that money with them. So then are we talking about smaller independent developers that are making free-to-play things that then Sony's going to try? Because, again, that would be the thing, too, to keep in mind, is that if I'm a third party and I put my game on PlayStation and either I partner with them, I guess, and I become a first-party PlayStation Studios free-to-play game out there, the ads there should tech. And I'm playing fast and loose with a business contract I'm making up on the fly. Those ads would benefit me as the developer. Like, I, you know what I mean? If I'm the developer making the free-to-play game and Sony's selling the ads, yeah, sure, Sony's taking a cut. But in the same way, you watch a, a kind of funny YouTube video you, by skipping the ad or watching the ad or whatever, you're making us a little bit of money. And yes, YouTube's taking a cut out of it, but you're still supporting the content you want. And so that's where it all, this whole thing gets weird is like, Again, I feel like so many of these conversations boil down to good or bad, and it really comes down to the implementation and what they're going to do and how they're going to integrate it. Because, again, I want the developers who are making games to be taken care of. I want them to continue to make money off the game that you're you're playing, you've never put a cent into, and you're playing for 400 hours. Well, that would be helpful if that developer could still make money off of it. If that means that when you go to the menu, there's a Domino's ad, like, okay. Do we really care? There's Domino ads everywhere. I remember, you know, me in the newspaper, my articles were next to a Domino's ad. Like, that's how this works. But again, if it gets to cool, you can go to the next level after you hear about Domino's pizza or you have to play the mini game to match the pepperoni to the thing. Like, that's all fucking garbage. Nobody wants that. And it's going to happen. Like, yeah, that is. A lot that, of people are going to fuck this up. Yeah, a lot of people are going to fuck this up. Yeah. You know, it's not going to fuck it up. Number five and six on the Roper Report. A little segment I'm calling Tim Bits. Uh, and then T- Kevin writes, why are you breaking time codes? Well, Kevin, like, if you notice, there was no story five. Like, I miscounted, and then you were giving me shit about it. So I just put it. I just did that. So they'd be there together. You know what I mean? You understand? Thanks, Kevin. Two little tidbits for you here. Uh, number one, from a press release, Lego Star Wars is a bona fide hit. Warner Brothers games, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, Saga, the latest Lego Star Wars title featuring all nine Skywalker Saga films in one brand new game has surpassed all previous Lego console game launches. The game has sold through sold through 3.2 million units globally in its first two weeks and has exceeded sales records across every platform, region, and edition. Uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga launched on April 5th for every game in the world, every system in the world. You know what I mean? Not the play date, but everything else. Yeah, everything else. Hell yeah, really great news. Very excited about this. Um, I'm having a great time playing through the game. And um, I brought this up as one of my predictions for E3 I don't know, this year, last year, whatever the hell it was, um, that this is going to lead to a MCU Infinity Saga game. And I hope that that's the case because applying what they just did for Skywalker Saga, if they could do it to Infinity Saga, I'm going to have a very good time. That'd be awesome. I would really, that'd be really, really cool. Uh, in the chat, Drewly says, Timbits means something very different to, means some, Timbits means something a little different to us Canadians. No, that's the reference I'm making. They're little, they're little donuts. They're basically, ladies and gentlemen, if you know what, a, if you're not a, in Canada, you never been to a Tim Hortons. Imagine Dunkin' Donuts Munchkins. That's what we're talking about here. And these are little stories. These aren't big stories. They don't deserve their own number. They're little ones here. They're donut holes. But see, Greg, I get the confusion because my name is Tim, and I, I, I call it. These, these are going to be bits that I, I particularly cared about. 
No, the first one very much so. The second one you're not going to give a flying fuck about. But I got to mm-hmm. I got to get the news out there. You know what Let's I mean? Let's get there, dude. Let's do All it. Right. Number two, the second Tim bit gobble up. I hope it's that birthday cake one. Uh, Gearbox has bought a new studio uh, today. The Gearbox Entertainment Company. This is another press release, by the way. Announced it entered into an agreement to fully acquire Lost Boys Interactive, an independent video game studio uh, working on both co-development for top tier video games and original intellectual property for PC and consoles. The acquisition will add more than 220 team members to Gearbox Entertainment, bringing Gearbox's global headcount to approximately 1,300. Founded in 2017 as a remote first studio with offices in Madison, Wisconsin, and Austin, Texas, home of Burnt Orange, uh, Lost Boys is led by industry veterans, people, a whole bunch of people here. Uh, since its founding, the studio has grown to more than 220 employees and has worked on marquee global franchises such as Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Call of Duty, and Players player unknowns battlegrounds uh, lost boys is currently working through a period of rapid expansion targeting 350 team members by 2024 lost boys will operate as a subsidiary subsidiary to gearbox within the growing embracer family and will continue to operate independently under gearbox entertainment while working in tandem with gearbox on future on full development projects Whew. um i put in this thing i think uh, yeah they, they cover it. i don't have to worry about it so yeah good for you lost boys make that money mm-hmm. Go do your thing. I got nothing really to add. You know, it's good to see. Uh, that's a, that is a lot of growth there. 220 right now, trying to get up to 350 by 2024. I wonder what they'll be working on for Gearbox, what they'll be on to next. Yeah. But Tim, that answer's so far away. Mm-hmm. If I wanted something more immediate, what came to the mom and grop shops? Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Greg, uh, yeah, well, once a month, Gia will be talking to me and somehow say, oh, it's so far away. And I always jump right into it. And it just, I don't think, I still don't think she understands. She never questions it. She just sure. kind of like ignores it and keeps talking. I respect her for that. Yesterday, we did a live reaction to uh, 6 1 Indies, uh, the mini indie showcase. It was very good. They had a whole bunch of cool games on there. Anno came from it. I've been playing it. Your EX came from came from it. You've been playing that. You can get our reactions, youtube.com slash kind of funny games. They blatantly ripped off the kind of funny game showcase, which I don't mind. You know what I mean? Go out there uh, supporting developers. But like they did the exact same thing. And at one point they did a thing where I think it was Kyle was like, oh, but that's so far away. And I was like, do it. Just commit to it. If you're gonna rob us blind, if you're gonna come in here and steal the very DNA that is kind of funny, just do it. If I want to know what games I could get right now, where would I go? And then just say whatever you want to mm-hmm. say, whatever yeah. thing you're gonna do, that's gonna be another thing of me. It's the and PlayStation also, All-Stars conundrum. And it's that thing, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. I see you. Every time I do one, I did those two community podcast days, remember? I did like what 10 shows, I think, Kevin, something like maybe more. It's so many of them, right? Like, I'd sit yeah. down to do it. I'd sit down and you guys would be like, oh man, well, you know, this is gonna be be a very similar format. Ha ha. And then you'd have you ripped off my intro there too. I noticed. I know. I know each and every one of you out there with your little podcast talking about shoes, talking about whatever you're ripping off our format. It's fine. Do it. I don't mind. But when the fucking time comes to give us credit, do it. You know, it's like the guy says in Dr. Strange, the bill always comes due. It always comes due. And eventually says that eventually I'm not going to (laughs) be trapped here anymore. All right. I'm not going to be trapped in discord. I'm going to be at a PAX and I'm going to see your ass. And then you're going to get stone cold stunned right there in the streets. You know what I mean? He's going to cast a spell on you. That was really good. It was a little bit framey, so it actually looked like to me at least. I needed the frames. That's good. Uh, out today, Lumot is on Nintendo. It's on everything: Switch, PlayStation Four, Xbox, Steam, GOG, Epic Game Store, and Utomic. Never, I don't even know what that is. Utomic. Don't know what that is. Uh, Orbit Industries is on PlayStation Five and PC. Uh, Moto GP Twenty Two is on all the Playstations, all the Xbox, Switch, and PC. Terraformers is on PC and early access. And Enuchard Enuchard is on Xbox Series X. Uh, Evasion from Hell is on Switch. Revita is on Switch. Uh, Chernobylite is on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, everything, and PC. Uh, Samurai Bringer is on Switch. Uh, Dragon Cafe is on Switch and PC. Uh, Deck of Ashes on Switch and PS4. Nobody, the turnaround is coming soon to Steam. That should have been in the upcoming dates. I apologize, everybody. I'm off my game. Humankind, uh... Vitruvian update and the Da Vinci event are now live now. Uh, this week, GTA Online's nightclub owners can enjoy double popularity on all promotion missions, a 50% uh, bonus on daily income deposits to the safes, and double the speed of warehouse good productions. The Last Friend is now available on Nintendo Switch. Remember, Portillo is in that game. I'm not sure if he's in it yet or he's coming soon, but I think he might be in it now. 
There was a debate going back and forth. We need to play that game on stream. Maybe tomorrow we'll do something, but that's happening. Uh, the first DLC for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is now available. Coiled Captors features a new environment, boss encounter, and legendary loot, and is the first of four exciting post-launch content drops in the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands season pass. Rise of the Firstborn Night Queen... Night Queen's Titans is now available on iOS and Android. Uh, Leela's Sky Arc is now available on Nintendo Switch and PC. Warhammer 40,000 Battle Sector Necrons DLC is now available. I already did Samurai Bringer, I feel like, didn't I? No. If not, Samurai Bringer is available on Steam, Switch, and PS4. Uh, Amazon Games is launching Lost Ark's Battle for the Throne of Chaos April update today. The new update will include the Glavier, a new advanced class for the martial artist. Players will also get to explore a new continent called South Vern, uh, participate in all new progression events, get access uh, to new skins, and much more. Uh, real quick, I'm not going to do an official poll in the chat, but anybody else, when I said a new continent called South Vern, did you immediately think of Jim Varney's uh, Ernest? Hey, Vern. Or am I just that old? Did anybody else think I, uh, I did? Yeah? Okay, good. Wait, it was like so Vern is fucking a, old. <laughs> Vern is a name you don't hear. I mean, Bear, do you even know who fucking Ernest is? Yeah, like you go, Ernest goes camping and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've VHS seen I've seen that at Blockbuster. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Man, I'm I'm seeing a lot more yeses than I thought I would. Wing fan, uh, let me flash on him. Uh Senor Mojo 83. Like a whole bunch of people in there. Hey Vern. Rest in peace, Jim Varney. Uh, and then Resident Evil 4, The Mercenaries, is out now on Quest 2 via a free update. Uh, new dates for you. This is another uh, press release I got today that I will read verbatim. Get ready to rep the W. I'm reaching out today to share exciting news about one of the most influential hip-hop groups of all time entering the Fortnite world, Wu-Tang Clan. On April 23rd at 8 p.m. ET, the cultural icons are bringing a style revolution to the Fortnite community with a variety of Wu-Wear Wu items. There's a whole bunch of shit they're doing. You can go find out. Nothing to fuck with there. Love it. Uh, new Stellaris expansion Overlord arrives on May 12th, 2022. Uh, Ruins of the Simobarium 5E is set to release June 7th. F1 2020 is coming to PC and console July 1st. Uh, Cities uh, VR brings Cities Skyline Experience to Quest on April 28th. Uh, the psychological horror game No Return is coming out October 30th, 2022. Taylor Lyles over at IGN.com reports Forever Entertainment announced today that the House of Dead remake is heading to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Google Stadia on April 28th, 21 days after the game was released exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. And then Outriders, World Slayer expansion is coming June 30th. Previews are up for that all over the place if you want to go find out about that. What was that? It's my birthday. It okay. is your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. On June 30th, not today, everybody. Yeah, okay. exactly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Tim. Whew. All right. Uh, deals of the day. Xbox free play days for uh, the weekend have been announced. You can f- I'm going to read it right from Xbox. Fight monsters or drive monster trucks this weekend in free play days. Goner 2 and Monster Truck Championship are now available this weekend for Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members. You can play right now all the way through Sunday night at midnight. Um, in addition, The Elder Scrolls Online is available for an extended time from Wednesday, April 13th to Tuesday, April 26th. So go enjoy that, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Tim. We ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and, and podcast services around the globe. Um, This is somebody wanting to argue about woe or woe. That's an Andy thing. Go for it. I don't know. Go after Andy. I don't know what this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you care? No. Well, I mean, I think there's one that's definitively wrong. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you, got, you do care. Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I do. Okay. I do. Gotcha. Gotcha. This is one of those ones I'm like, I really don't care. And it, I, I think it's funny. Honestly, for me, so it's much. always okay that it, pisses though. me off more. We always got to come together on what okay is. I feel like capital O, capital K, O, period, K, period, O, K, A, Y. Let's just pick one. Drove me crazy to IG when I first started. You'd be in a fucking article, they'd all be read different. No, no, they're not. They're not. O and K is more short. Than you know, than okay with the ay, you know. Um, Charles Jacobson says, "God yeah. of war. I say K a lot, you know that and it pisses you guys Every off. Every kiss begins out. with K. Every kiss begins with K. God of War and seven other titles have joined GeoForce now. You can go find out on the Nvidia blog if you want to do that one. Oh, here we go. Uh, the nail biologist says. Portillo and my dogs are in the Hall of Fame. It's a bonus gallery of cutely animated dogs that aren't playable, but an adorable memorial for dev dogs and those that got uh, that tier for their pre-order. Excellent. Thank you very much, Nano. 
Um, and then Corey G pops in to say, deeply sorry if you said it at the top of the show, but the Tiny Tina Wonderlands DLC also launched today. I mean, I would still be mad. Mm -hmm. And I would still fucking tell you, Corey G, to take a long walk off a short pier if I had said it at the top of the show. I said that not fucking 10 minutes ago. Maybe, you know, I out today and I went through mm -hmm. all this fucking shit and I get to the first DLC for Tiny Tina's Wonderland is now available. Coiled Captors features a new environment, boss encounter, and legendary loot that is the first of four exciting post-launch content drops in the Tiny Tina's Wonderland season pass. I don't understand, Greg. I don't understand how people could watch this show, this tightly run news show about video games where we start exactly at 10 a.m. and exactly at that moment get into talking about video game news with the strict format that we never, ever, ever stray from. Doesn't make sense to me. How Again, Tim, again. If I had said, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily, Tiny Teen, and I started laughing about your jacket, different story. All right? Different story. Different story. Mm. This is not 10 fucking minutes ago, Corey. Mm-mm. Like, what were you doing when we did this? Were you in the chat? Just jerking the gherkin to everybody? Talking about whatever you're talking about in the chat? Christ. Scroll back a bit? See what you kids were talking about? You're arguing about whoa is what I see over here. Everybody's arguing about whoa. What's this? Trace them. 81. Yeah, all nine members and ODB son and Kappa D. You're talking about Wu-Tang. You're, you're on point. Lee. You're on point. Tamora is in here why, uh, trying to explain why he's not on the show. Kevin, draft a tweet to Twitch. Mm. Yes, please. Kevin. Chat was a mistake. They're not paying attention to what we say anymore. Mm -mm. Close down chat for a week. Because that's Burn what we got to take away the toys. We got to take away the toys from everybody. Dear mm -hmm. at Twitch. Thank you. Nanobiologist just enabled uh, a moat only oh. mode for this. So they, and Andy, Andy Cortez is with me, which is rare. If Andy's on my side, you know. Now you only have emotes, Corey G. So while you sit there and you try to figure out what funny face, maybe you'll listen to what we fucking say on this show. Mm, Wait, yeah. Andy, how did you understand that Andy's on your side? Was it from when he said, shut the fuck up, Greg? Or when he <laughs> said, for real? <laughs> it was when he said, for real. Because he said, for real, when I was saying, shut down chat. Got you know it, what I mean? Got it. <laughs> that's clearly what, that's clearly. The other thing was a joke and it was a bit. Don't worry about it, all right? Now mm -hmm. I will go very slowly for Corey G, all right? I know you're watching live on Twitch, Corey. Up next on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames is going to be the Kind of Funny Morning Show with Snowbike Mike and Nick Scarpino, and then they might play police stories. If you miss that live, maybe you're, you've hung up. Not Corey, you've gone to, you know, I hope. One can only hope, Corey, that when we called you out for not being able to pay attention to a simple show, you went straight to the shower, put the water on cold, and sat there to think about what you fucking done, all right? Because mm -hmm. right now, chat, since you're all listening, since you all can't do anything but put up your little Kevin faces and your two horny emotes, it's very simple. From now on, when you're called out on this show, it's simple. You take your headphones off, you put your phone down, you march into the bathroom, you mm -hmm. sit in the tub, you turn the water on cold, you're in the shower, in your clothes, this is your punishment. And you think for five minutes about what you've done and how, like, all I'm here to do, you know what I mean? All I'm here to, and I don't get me wrong, I have the success, the fame, the women, I have everything, right? But all I want to do, right, is give the word of video game to people. <laughs> Right? I just want to brighten your day. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that compare me to Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody who's charitable. That's me. All right? I went to Bill Gates. I'm like, I think people hate him now. I'm not sure. I am out there doing this for not for me, not for my own personal gain and the free toys and trips and stuff. No, to make sure you understand what's happening. But then I got troglodytes like Corey G rolling up in here. Not being a no attention span. If you have the thing from Memento, if a horse kicked you in the head and you're not sure if your wife's dead, I apologize, Corey. You won't remember this. Doesn't matter. You know what, Kevin? I've had enough of it. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily. A lot of you need to go sit in the shower right now and be in the cold water and understand what you did. If you like that, you know what? You can apologize to me. Go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games right now. Uh, go over there. Kick us a couple bucks. You can ride and be part of the show. You can get the show ad free. You can go see the post show we're going to do after this. We're going to be fired up over there, too. Maybe it'll be all about Corey G. And you're lucky, Corey G, that you're right in and your name's Corey G on your wrong. I don't know what your name is over in the chat. There'd be hell to pay if I saw a Corey G go through right now. Good Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I know this, you mean. you're going to be my John G now from Memento. Go watch uh, Memento in review. Uh, you, know, you know, don't even get me started. 
If you got no bucks tossed our way, I totally understand. You don't have to sit in the shower. It's okay. Uh, go to patreon.com. No, no, I'm sorry. Go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roostreet.com. Podcast services around the globe each and every weekday to get a brand spanking new episode. We have a post show to do on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Me and Tim will be back tomorrow to host kind of funny games daily. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.